Combo Nation, what is up? We are here. And shouts to our sponsors, Prize Picks. Shouts to everyone who used promo code COMBO on Prize Picks. Been getting a lot of great feedback. And if you would like to be matched up to $100 on Prize Picks, punch in code COMBO. That's right. Go to Prize Picks and punch in code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. It's also a great way to support Combos Court. Let me tell you a little bit about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill based, real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work, you may ask? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more than or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times. That's right, 25 times your money on any entry. PrizePix offers a recently improved deposit and withdrawal experience, including the option to use Apple Pay for quick deposits into your account. Also, we started a Combos Court Venmo for anybody who wants to support the movement. Throw some money in the Combos Court Venmo and you will be shouted out on the pod. Shouts to Combo Nation. And of course, you could continue listening to Combos Court for absolutely free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's show is a recording from the B-Ball Breakdown live show with Coach Nick and yours truly. We discuss big man shooting woes, the Orlando Magic, Tyrese Halliburton, MVP level, Steph Curry, and more. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show coming at you on a Monday evening this time after Thanksgiving weekend festivities. As always, I'm joined by Andrew Combo Salop. And we're going to talk all about the NBA. Uh, we haven't really even discussed what we're going to talk about, so it's going to be exciting. I'm flying by the seat of our pants. There are some games going on right now, so thank you for happening over here while those games are going. We'll try and talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. So, Combo, what's going on, my man? I guess we're just freestyling today. Yeah, I wish I had my little, um, you know, a turntable. I could be doing some Oh, some you, DJ? you DJ? No, I don't. Oh. But I, I used to watch people DJ, like, in the bedroom, like, in the 80s. You know, that was always fun. Yeah, the DJ was like the whole shit. You know how you said, you know, scratch records and stuff? Of course, of course. Come on. Right. People, I mean, back in the day, like now DJ's got the laptop. They used to carry the crates with them back at those. Oh, times. I know. Well, I just watched a, a funny video where this, this uh, woman was up there in front of like thousands of people and they had the shot and she clearly was faking. It wasn't really doing anything, but it looked good. Like she had the, you know, the whatever in these days it's all pre-done but nonetheless let's get into it shall we what's up martin good to see you friend of the breakdown josh is from uh melbourne uh i was just talking to a coach in australia so stay tuned if you're in that area in the adelaide area perhaps i will be heading down there at some point to do some shooting clinics you know it's funny because i asked him about this because a lot of the nba guys from the austria from from the australia from australia come and they don't shoot well you're talking well delavidova actually became a decent shooter but his shot form was frightening 
Uh, actually, Ingles is the same way. He's able to get it to go in, but, man, the, the, both of their shots are from the side of their head. Giddy doesn't shoot well. Ben Simmons didn't shoot well, although he's mostly American, I think. Um, but he confirmed some things like, you know, there's a big push down there to, to have 10 toes of the rim, completely square, and no dipping. Um, and I think it really helps. Now, Patty Mills is a great uh, point, Josh, that he was the one guy that kind of came out of there uh, with a beautiful jump shot. Um, somebody told me, though, he wasn't really in the main Australian system, although maybe then someone else told me that wasn't true either. But, like, if he was an Aborigine, perhaps he was uh, somewhere else where he was able to do his own thing more and not affected by that. But I don't know. Do you have any takes, takes on uh, the Australian shooting? I mean, I kind of like Joe Engel's jump shot. You do? Yeah. Why? I mean, come on. I feel, I, I, feel, I feel like he doesn't offensively have that many weaknesses. Not that he's, like, the greatest shooter in the world, but it's not – um, a weakness for him in any sense. I mean, listen, I can't argue his career. I'm actually shocked. His career three point percentage is 41 percent, basically. Yeah, he can and, shoot, man. That guy can shoot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like there's like a there's like a there's like a load up going on, right? There's like an interesting load yeah. up, but he's so tall that he don't have to shoot it as fast as maybe some of his counterparts. Um, I noticed players from Europe and Australia when they have more time to shoot, they'll take more time to shoot, and Americans tend to shoot at the same speed, even when they're catch and shoot wide open. Which I would probably recommend, right? There's no, no sense in like waiting and taking your time. Just just get this mm. nice rhythm and shoot it, I, I would think. To me, I feel like there's that's more room to miss it sometimes and you kind of catch it. Now you're thinking about it too much and then, you know, going into it that way. It, you know I, I mean, mean, if you have so much experience doing doing it that way, I think it works for some people who play over there, you know? Yeah. So I got to talk to uh, Patty Mills and figure out exactly why his jump shots are prettier than most. Now, you know there are some guys down under who are playing in the in the um, Australian Pro League, uh, the NBL, and like, um, oh my God, I was just talking about his name, uh, Golding, Golding, uh, beautiful jump shot, can nail every shot any which way, but he dips and he probably turns. I got to look at it a little more closely, but um, I, you know the funny thing about that is is that um, when I see players that shoot with the ball the side of their head, like you see. Uh, and um, and uh, Ingles. It's to me, it's because they were forced to be square, and the only way they can get their elbow like underneath the ball is to have the ball all the way to, all the way to the side of their head. And uh, just a simple turn really helps everything. I think it's unfair to compare Angles and Delavadova when it comes to shooting, especially after that viral clip of Delavadova shooting for the Kings. I think it was last year. It looked crazy. I don't know if you could look that up, but his jump shot is very unique. Way way uh, more. Way more unique and funny than um, Angles. I don't think so. I don't know. Angles is still is was way out the side too. It's almost. I mean, they're cousins. I don't know, but, uh, man. It's just <laughs> there's a lot more like torque and force in Delva. It's not as smooth. I guess. Now the thing with um, with uh, Angles, I want to credit him for a really a, for the first time allowing me to understand that like while he doesn't dip in the traditional sense down up, he dips back forward like Larry Bird. And um, studying that a few years ago is what opened my eyes. I'm like, oh, I realize he actually is getting the, you know, the other direction before going up and out. It's just going horizontally for him, which is, uh, you know, it's just good. And, and it's the same thing that, you know, Bird did. And I, I have a feeling Bird did the same thing with the side of his head release because he wanted to be 10 toes to the rim and could find no other way to get um, – his his uh, elbow in line with the hoop. So, you know, people adapt, but you don't have to adapt when you get, you know, good coaching that has uh, some variability there. Um, we have our first Super Chat already. Can you believe that? That's awesome. Yeah. So don't forget, if you want your questions asked or answered 
and well, and you want your well, you can ask your question anytime you like, but if you want an answer, the, the super chat is the way to go on YouTube. We really, really thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts. It really helps the show to keep going. So um, let's do that. You know what I forgot to do? I forgot to tweet the show out. What was I doing for that? So do that, and I'll read it. How about that? Okay, I'm gonna put it up. Yeah. Ooh, Nick's the streets are buzzing. Huge friend of the show. We appreciate the super chat. Why do bigs historically shoot poorly from the free throw line? Mitchell, Ro Mitch Robinson has line drives. Yeah, Mitch's Mitch's is tough. And then I saw um, whoa, Tristan Thompson went viral the other day, right, with that air ball. Or maybe I just thought it was viral because it was so bad while I was watching it. He had a terrible air ball the other day, and he's a big. Um, wow, I've been, I've been you know I've been unplugged a little bit, I guess. So I haven't seen that, but I'm not surprised. By the way, uh, Tristan Thompson notable because he switched hands in mid mid career. Um, to shoot the, oh, the other man, hand. it it was so bad. Like the, the I could I can't even use the word energy transfer in his shot on there. Like first of all, his first problem was that he was leaning over the basketball, which is really tough. It gives you not the most natural shooting motion because you have to bring the ball around the body before you shoot. So, all right, I, I'm calling it up right now. Just so I want to see uh, Mitchell Robinson, just so I can I can remind, I put it in my head because I, I I can't picture it right now for some bizarre reason. But let's go to the cumulative here. Free throw attempts. Um, where are you here? There you are. Um, I can send it to you. Too. Oh yeah, send that to me too. I guess while you're doing it. I'm going to look at some of these while we're talking. But um, by the way, the the notion of um, historical uh, bigs not being good three pointers is kind of wrong. Historically, they used to be really good. The big guys could shoot free throws uh, in the 60s and 70s. So whatever this thing now is is a newer thing that started probably with, I'm thinking of uh, the Knicks, um, the guy that went to Yale or, or Princeton. No, um, what was his name? A big guy who was just had the worst shot, might have had the worst free, free throw form of all time. Someone's going to remind me who it was in the 90s. Um, Check your phone, Coach Nick. Oh, Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess what he was thinking historically, he wasn't thinking 60s or 70s. He was thinking like the last 40 years or so. Fair enough. <laughs> and that is the thing. But don't forget, like, yeah, way back in the day, it was it was the opposite. So, um, you know, why is that? Uh, oh, that's the Tristan Thompson. I mean, you know, okay, that, that seems like a kind of everyday run-of-the-mill air ball from the free throw line. I don't know, right? Every day, run that, of the, that was terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, was it going to uh, – hang on. Right, no, you did it too late. Oh boy! Can I do it and then make sure everyone? Can Actually, see I think. Oh well. Anyway, um, so what do you think? Why do you think the bigs are struggling so much? With uh, it wasn't Cartwright; it was uh, Chris Dudley. Thank you, Kevin. We'll we'll put him up there, Kevin Dudley. Oh wait, go back, Kevin Dudley. Thank you, They're Kevin. Not... Chris Dudley. Really? I mean, my the answer I would have had maybe five years ago is that their hands are bigger, that you know their body shape differently. Um, my answer now is that they're not getting the right information. Yeah. Yeah. I try. I mean, I, I shot, I remember I went on a, a really small hoop and I put it a little bit lower, like as if I was a seven footer and I shot, um, tennis balls and I, I could have after a few times could kind of get, get a rhythm. Well, their, head, their heads aren't that big by the way. Yeah. Well, Shaq, you know, you know, his hands were getting pretty big, but, uh, I don't think that's it at all. I think that there's a power generation thing. I remember talking to, um, John Konkak about this, who I think was a pretty good free throw shooter and he was seven feet. And, uh, I think he was the first guy to sign a big free agent contract, which is kind of crazy because he wasn't really worth it. But, uh, let me, let me make sure he was a good free throw. I free play with shooter. a kid, um, in, I played with a kid in college who actually ended up playing in the G league, oh. James Smith, and he was a seven footer, but he had really small hands 
and really short arms. And he was a really good shooter. And our coach used to never liked him shooting threes, even though he got really good out of it, making the G League playing professionally for years. But I always thought that like he was better than most seven footers at shooting because his arms were shorter and his hands were smaller. That's interesting. I mean, I, I asked, I remember asking Concac, who ended up being a, not a very good free throw shooter at all. I don't think I realized at the time, but his form, I, in my, my mind's eye was pretty good. But I think, you know, the biggest thing for bigs is that they're so big and they're so tall, they're wor worried about shooting the ball like over the backboard. It's like really hard for power calibration when, when you're that big hmm. and they have a hard time figuring out how to adjust that. That's not hard to do if you know how, you know, the, the, the tricks of the trade. But um, I mean, listen, like, um, What's his face? Uh, it was really easy for someone like DeAndre Jordan to fix it, where he was ten toes to the rim. Speaking of that, and he really could struggle. He could struggle from just getting the elbow underneath and getting the right rhythm on that. And in at some point, he started to turn, and he wouldn't. Uh, he had some sort of hitch going on that he kind of cleaned up in, in training camp one year, and then kind of bailed on it uh, when the season started. He must have gotten scared or what? Didn't want to, you know, risk it or something. I don't know. But um, that's generally the issue there because, remember, mental aspect is so important for shooting of any kind. Um, and then connected to that is the rhythm. And if you can sync the arm swing up with the legs straightening, shooting-wise on a jump shot or free throw, then you can you can achieve that rhythm and find a, a replicable spot, shot. But that's the problem I think they're having. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's part of it is that they're just bigger than other humans, right? It has to be some yeah, I mean, of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, Part of it, I think, part yeah. of it. but I think more of it's probably mental because then you know, I talk about like the Josh Howard, not Josh Howard, Dwight Howard's. Uh, you know, he would shoot really well in practice, supposedly, and then you know, couldn't get anywhere near in the games. Yeah, I was actually watching the Knicks game and they were like saying that Mitch really like reps it out. They were talking about Mitch specifically, and I mean, like, if you're repping out a way that's not working over and over and over again, you're just not getting the right information, you're not implementing the information that needs to be implemented. So, well, I'm, okay, I'm looking at. Oh, yeah, I remember now. I saw this. Uh, I'm looking at Mitchell Robinson right now. So, yeah, like, first of all, he's he gets in this weird set position I don't like where he's bent over at the waist um, before he shoots. I don't like that. Why don't you like a player being bent over? Because I have my thoughts on that. Which because I, I, right. I don't want you to be, like, having to then sort of sit up into that shot. I'd rather have you be um, where you want to be so you go your body goes down and up. Wait, let me make sure that. If I feel that I'm doing this. Yeah, so I don't want to be like this. Okay, don't, let me see if you can see me. Um, so I don't want to be like bent here and then have to do have that motion while I'm right. straight, straightening my legs at the same time. Right. You have. I mean, posture is important because you have to move your ball, the ball around your body if you don't have proper posture. Yes. Yes. So um, that's part of it. But let me go and watch another one because there's something else. I, I kind of like. He sort of. He, no, he doesn't. It actually doesn't even look that bad to me. Uh, the elbow and all that whole thing. But, but I see there's an energy transfer problem where he starts to sort of shove it uh, forward instead of shooting it, uh, too. So there, this could be fixed, but um, it's not bad. I, I don't mind what he's doing. He just hasn't quite figured out how to, how to transfer the energy. I think also the, the legs and the arms aren't synced properly, which, again, would be two sessions you could fix this. What, what is no. he at? Is he at under 40? He's at, what, 30-something? Uh, I don't think he's that low. I think I, I just saw I saw a tweet that said he's going to be the first player. Or was it Mitchell Robertson? Unless it was somebody else. Let me tell you right now. I mean, Andrew Andrew Wiggins was shooting worse than that at one point. I don't know if it went up. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson right now is at thirty five percent, as I thought. Oh my so god! He'll be the first player ever to shoot that low at on you know, two attempts per game um, if he doesn't do something about it. He's I mean, really, he's really good too. Yeah, I can I I could get him. I believe I could, you could get him to fifty five sixty 
no problem. And don't forget, like anything above 55 or 60, then you wouldn't foul them because you, you could be getting one point per possession on that, you know, if you make half your shots. So mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't be worth it for that. And then he'd be viable. So that's a problem. They're going to, that would, you know, limit his minutes in theory because I would probably foul him. Um, anyhow, we have another super chat. This came in, I think. I didn't want to miss another ones, but uh, let's see here. It is from Braun. Ah, best friend of the breakdown. Braun, great to see you. Uh, I love the way guards are modernizing older sets as screeners. OKC spams roll and replace, but with their guards, and they get a good shot every time. Um, so they're letting their guards be the screeners. Yeah, I mean, we saw this in the finals with Denver, Jamal Murray. Oh, yeah. Jokic, I love it when rolling. You um, he's actually, I mean, he's a really good roller. We've seen, talk about another guy who was a nugget last year. Bruce Brown was playing that short roller role, right, with the Nets when he was playing a small ball five. So, yeah, we've been seeing a lot of this lately, and it's really interesting because – Sometimes your better decision makers are your guards. And once they get it in that short roll or when they roll, it's just dangerous. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think it's also related to, um, you know, like when I, I want to see more guards post up, you know, because, mm-hmm. you exactly. know, face up from 12 feet for Steph Curry or 15 feet, you know, would be in like a layup for him. And imagine, you know, to get him down there. So there's a lot of those. Um, I love it when they invert stuff like that. And, um, uh, you know, and have, you know, like a, a point guard set a ball screen and then they pop. Absolutely. All that stuff is great, which kind of reminds me of the video I just did yesterday. I don't know if you had a chance to peek at it or not, but uh, I focused on get action and man, mm-hmm. it was in a deep dive. I went through just about every team, probably like 20 some teams uh, out of the 30 to find good at get action, uh, which if you're not familiar is if I were to pass you the ball, I follow it right back on the outside and you hand it back off to me. Uh, and then I turn the corner. Great question, Bron. Um, I wanted to slightly switch the topic, and this is actually what I wanted to ask you, Coach Nick, because I saw a clip of Kenny the Jet Smith, and I know you're almost like an expert on the Warriors. That's one of the teams you really focus on over the years, um, I've noticed. Um, so Kenny the Jet Smith was saying that Mark Jackson almost saved basketball because Steph Curry wasn't getting a lot of minutes in the fourth quarter and Mark Jackson was the guy that allowed him to play in the fourth quarter. And then Steph Curry eventually became a superstar and was a big part of basketball. He became the face of basketball alongside Steph Curry, right? I mean, alongside LeBron James over the, you know, past 10 years or so. Past, you know. Ten- my, my question to you is, wasn't Steph Curry playing more of a traditional type point guard before Steve Kerr got there? Or was he playing off the ball as well when Mark Jackson was there? Um, no, he was playing off the ball. In fact, remember when Mark Jackson was there, they'd have, um, who's the guy from Georgia tech, uh, who played alongside him and it was getting a lot of those minutes at point guard. Oh, he's uh, good too. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, come on. Jared, uh, no, not Jared Jack. Jared Jack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they would have him playing that, that main ball handler role. And that was actually a really good thing that unlocked a lot of stuff for them. Uh, let me make sure I'm gonna go back that last year, but like, no, it, you know, I, I just think that Kenny is just trying to do a solid for, for Mark Jackson. I, Mark Jackson must be trying to. Well, my my main t- my main thing was is that um, I just wanted to know if he was playing that off ball guard type role when Mark Jackson was there. That was my main question. He was, he was, yeah. but like the fourth quarter minutes thing that you know that they're trying to say, like I don't know, Curry's a starter. Well, of course, he's going to be playing fourth quarter minutes. Like- well, was he was he a starter and playing a lot of minutes before Mark Jackson got there? Oh. Yeah. Well, let's look here. Um, the year before Mark Jackson got there, with the coach was Keith Smart, and Curry 
started 74 games and played 34 minutes a game. So I don't know. He averaged almost 19, you know, 18.6 uh, and was shot 44% from three. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Let me look at the, what the season. So you, you, th- you think he's one of those undeniable talents that would have got that kind of role eventually, no matter what. And he would have been Steph Curry on any team. Like, like I mean, Le- the year, the year Le- before that, he started 77 of the 80 games. So it's like, you know. know, Mark Jackson didn't suddenly start playing him in the fourth quarter. I mean, that just seems silly. Okay, my question to you is, do you feel like he's one of those undeniable talents like LeBron? Like, wherever LeBron goes, he's going to be all-time great. Doesn't matter who the coach is. Yeah. Doesn't mean matter where the franchise is. Uh, that's a good question. Do you, do you believe that to be the case with Steph Curry? Right. Like, had Steve Kerr not come along and, did, you know, instituted the triangle offense concepts, you know, that would that would, would Steph Curry have ever been unlocked? It's a really good question. Because um, otherwise he would have been, you know, just a very good twenty-point-a-game scorer who could shoot the lights out, right? That's what he would, but he wouldn't have been transformational. It's very possible uh, that he, that he he might not have. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, right? LeBron would have been him no matter what. Jordan would have been him no matter what he ran. Uh, ironically enough, the triangle offense is what unlocked Jordan uh, to all the titles. Um, I, I'm very curious. I don't know. Um, I'm say I think it's the same for Kobe, Larry Bird. It's the same for those yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Steph was great. And Steph had, uh, you know, uh, at the height of his powers, his things that, you know, he, he was the best shooter we've ever seen. So there's no question he was going to 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 cause the kind of problems that he caused that he causes even now. Um, but, I, you know, yeah, I, I would think they, they would have figured that one out. But but it's but it might not be it might not be as. Uh, automatic of a decision like you know it might might be as clear as it would have been for like you know lebron or uh somebody who's just so much more physically dominating that you can kind of just say oh yeah he dominate no matter what but now because of steph curry players like him will get the keys earlier right like trey young might have not got the keys if there wasn't a steph curry before him great point by the way the guy that helped him fix his ankles is also uh, a huge part of that Right, because otherwise he wouldn't have had his, you know that research in his career having broken down a, a lot in the beginning. Um, so that's another part of it. So yeah, it's all these things mixed together, and uh, you know, it's like Steve Kerr, for instance. Steve Kerr would not be coaching the Warriors right now if his agent hadn't gotten him to Chicago in 1994. You know, when LeBron, uh, when Michael retired, and then the first time, and then he got there, and then he was there for the three peat, the second three peat. Like all those things happen, that gets Kerr on a trajectory where he can now be where he is. Where before that he was like stuck in Cleveland, couldn't get off the bench, uh, was about to be washed out of the NBA, you know, and just like that, I guarantee you, he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have got a shot, you know, to call the games and then to you know be the coach, be the GM of the Suns, all that stuff. So it's a it's a fascinating thing how that how all those stars aligned. Or even after those championships, he could have chosen to go with Phil Jackson to the Knicks. Yeah. So, all right. So we we covered Bron's question. We got some more super chats. Let's get to him. Which way? What do you say, Martin Jose, friend of the breakdown, best friend of the breakdown, Martin? Thank you, thank you. Um, thoughts on the Magic? They're off to a good start. Second seed behind Boston, have a seven game winning streak. Bucks have the same record in the third. Uh, I'm going to do a video on them. I was just thinking I might even want to go to Orlando and do something really cool uh, with the team. So I got to make figure that out because if I don't, I might not be able to do that until like February. But um, but I guess I can do two videos on the Magic. Is that there's no rule against that, right? Not at all. I love the magic. So, but we love we love the magic. What's not to love? We, I love Bancaro. I loved him since Duke. Um, we love Franz, fr- friend of the breakdown, by the way. Uh, if you haven't seen that interview, I did an interview I posted last year with uh, with Franz Wagner, an exclusive, which is really cool of him. Um, who else do we love? 
I mean, there's. I mean, Jalen Suggs' defense has been incredible. Yes, That's another revelation. Uh, I, I'm waiting for him to make the next well, level of uh, of offensive development. I, I yeah, wait. I mean, Mo Wagner had 27 recently, so shouts to Franz's brother. Uh, Cole Anthony has been great off the bench. I mean, they're just really deep, and I thought Anthony Black was a great draft decision. I think. Oh real- yeah. But Jonathan Isaac has been out there wreaking havoc defensively, yeah. and I, it's, it's yeah. so nice to see him back on the court. Is all I can tell you. Uh, as yeah, well. yeah. I mean, and um, Anthony Black, he's going to be a really good player in the NBA for a lot of years. Just super great feel for the game. Really special on the defensive side as well. Um, Markel Fultz, obviously, he revived his career with Orlando. I mean, they got a lot of pieces, and they got great positional size on top of that. Right, and they got Jingles uh, out there as well. So they have a lot of pieces. They've done Jingles. a really nice job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's uh, like they're, he, they're, they they kind of like took the G League Ignite route with Angles. Like, let's get one veteran in here with our young guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, he's been really benefiting them. It's kind of like what's happening with the Rockets with Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. Like, get some veterans in here with our younger players, and it's working out really well. Yeah, and then shout out to the Rockets who are also doing very well. Uh, and, 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 you know, a much big, much needed turnaround from what they had the last few uh, years. Um, but it was just reminds me for some reason, I'm not even sure why the, the Paul George trade, which is somewhat related to the James Harden trade, whatever, when Paul George went to the Clippers, what the, what the, uh, OKC got back, I, I, I have to try and find the tweet. It was, it's still giving, there's still picks that are coming, coming back to them from that deal. Shea Gill just being one of that, one of those parts too. So it really, it remade the whole OKC team. Uh, into what they are, which is another very tough team. So it's great to see these these teams turning it around, not quite overnight, but you know, pretty quickly. Um, okay, so the again, so that's the magic. Uh, I, I guess we covered them as much as we could. Um, plus, and Jamal Mosley, I, I like what he's doing with them as well. It's so it's a it's a good feel good story, and I definitely want to get out there and and cover some more of that because they deserve some more shine. Yeah, uh, I mean, Coach yeah. Mosley has got them locked in on the defensive end, which has been great. Yeah, they're top five in defensive rating, um, and that's yeah another one of those surprising. And again, uh, having Isaac out there really helps. But we have another super chat from Pimp Named Slickback, which is another friend of the breakdown. Thank you, great to see you. Uh, how good do you think Halliburton can become? So I was, um, I'm, I think I'm going to do a video on this. This might be next, uh, except for the fact that somebody else just did one. So I got to figure out if I want to do do one as well, which would be better, better. I don't know, it'd be different. Um, but how great can he be? He could be as great as he wants to be. I don't know how else to say it, right? Halliburton is the real deal. All NBA first team. I mean, in the MVP mix, I think like the MVP mix for years to come will be Luka, Jokic, Giannis, um, Anthony Edwards, SGA. And I think Halliburton's like right there, you know, knocking on that door as well. So you want to be, you're, you're the first on the Halliburton MVP train. Look at you. I don't think I'm the first. I don't think I'm the first. I was very high on him during the draft, though. Very high on him. I told yeah. everybody who was a Knicks fan they shouldn't have drafted Toppin, which is ironically they're playing on the same team now. Um, I just thought he was a guy that makes everybody around him better. He had that Jason Kidd effect, that LeBron effect, that Magic Johnson effect. Not saying he's them, but he has that type of effect on the game. Yeah, and a joy like to play with. Like He's, he's all those things. Um, and, man, are they tapped into that. Uh, in, in Indiana, they have an, an all-time great offensive rating. No one's ever had that high of an offensive rating. Although I, I can guarantee mm-hmm. you, I don't think that the 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 offensive rating will continue to go up every year. So ten years from now, it'll be nothing. But um, what they're doing right now is is uh, it's truly incredible, and he is the engine uh, that makes the Pacers go. 
Yeah, I'd love to pick your brain on this. Are you surprised with how much an older coach like Rick Carlisle has embraced the modern game? Yeah. Well, you know, when Lu I think Luca, so Halliburton owes Luca part of his paycheck, I think, because, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, Carlisle was the kind of coach for all those years who would call like every offensive set, every half court set. They had to look back. What do you want? Okay, we'll run it, which is another reason why Rondo didn't work out very well there. Um, but when Luca got there, uh, he he realized he needed to take a step back and let him be Luca, and that gave them an all-time uh, offense. And, and so he, I think he learned. It's like, oh, okay, and which is good because as a coach, the last thing you want to do is have your players having like stare back at the at the bench every time to have a play. You want them to play free and make the decisions, and that'll make them better as a team overall. Um, so I think that that's carried over into what we're doing now, which is just a very free form, very high pace. Uh, pace and space. I mean, listen, Ben Matherin, I think you were also high on him too, right? Mm -hmm. Were you? Yeah. Um, just a phenomenal offensive talent, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot. They have a loaded, a loaded team offensively. And a yeah, lot of guys can do a lot of things with them. So, you know, uh, Carlisle, I'm not surprised, solved a lot of that. You, you knew he could figure out how to get the pieces moving together to, to attack and do that. But, um, you know, it's it's really you know I'm sure he's sitting around with the, on for the ride too a little bit here with Halliburton and just enjoying watching him play. You know what's interesting about them? I just thought of this. They're not really ISO heavy and they're not post heavy, which makes everything read and react. And it's really interesting. It's really fast, and I think that's what modern basketball is all about. Right. So the question now is, can they do anything about their defense? Which is like they ranked 23rd, 24th, whatever that is. So you're gonna have some wild games. What they put together against uh, Atlanta when they were. Well, 154 to 152, something like that, the highest scoring game ever. I think it was a, a combined, what, 306, 309? One something of them. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's crazy, crazy stuff, which, listen, I, I can applaud that when you see like, you know, good team basketball and, you know, guys who are really enjoying the, you know, playing with each other, which is seems definitely what we see there. And by, by the way, Orlando is the same way. I think Van Carroll had a really nice quote about that where, they all truly care about each other, and they all want to play together. That said, I think that the the magic um, there's an upgrade or two they need to make. So I was saying, did we say this in the last show? Like like Zach Levine, Zach Levine would I think would be a nice addition there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I shouted out Nathan Grubel, who's um, an NBA draft analyst, and he gave me that idea on Twitter, and I thought it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, he doesn't quite fit their timeline. He's a little bit older than some of those guys, but if they're really trying, like for all in right now, to make a deep playoff push. I think that's the move. What they lack really is shooting in, in any kind of way. Like, they're not the best shooting team. Well, yeah, let's look at that real quick because uh, team shot dashboard. Let's go here. Is this what I want to go to? Yeah, so right now, overall for three-point shooting, the Magic are at the, down at the bottom here, uh, 20, 28th. So that's not very good at all. And their frequency is, you know, 25th. 30, 29, which is, so they're not even taking a lot, which is at least that's good, right? They're not a great shooting team. And they're not going to, they're not taking a ton of them, but, but they're going to get into a, a battle with some of those teams that we're going to score, you know, they're going to score nine, 10, 11, 12 threes. And if they can't maintain a pace somewhere near that, then they're going to get beat. So that's going to be a problem. But um, I, I like what they're doing. They're almost there. But, uh, and by the way, Nick's has, uh, the streets are buzzing has a good point about John Isaac doesn't quite fit their timeline either, but Although you know what he's he isn't as old as we think he is, right? I don't think he's as old as I don't think he's as old as Levine. Isaac is twenty six, so he's yeah. What's Levine? Twenty seven? Uh, probably. I don't even know now. Let's look real quick. What, uh, what he is? Zach Levine is. Um, where is it? He's twenty eight. He's almost twenty nine. 
Oh, wow. He's older. He's a little older than I thought. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't fit their timeline. But you know what? They, they might have a chance here in the East. Right now, you know, the Celtics are really doing it. Does anybody want to see a video on the Celtics? I feel like they're kind of, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure anyone's on their, it's on their minds. But they're 13-4, and four, game up on the Magic and the Bucks. So, um, no, does, does the return of Vucevic make sense? Oh, you mean it for like Wendell Carter? Oh, so you want to s switch them again uh, back into their original teams? Um, that would be weird. Uh, I like Wendell Carter Jr., by the way. I mean, I, I like his. Game. Oh, he's I very good. He's he's very good. He's very good. Yeah. I don't know if Vucevic is, would be the answer. I think you're right when you yeah. say shooting. Shooting is yeah. what they need to get. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. they got to get more more shooting. And that's why, like, somewhere like that. DeMarcus shoot. He just doesn't shoot a lot of threes. DeMar DeRozan? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and shooting uh, a, you know, a little bit of threes. But, yeah. I don't – talking about not fitting a timeline. And also, I don't even – you know what? I you know, I love DeMar's game. He he doesn't fit many teams, it feels like. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I definitely see like, yeah, there's sort of a specific thing that maybe he doesn't fit, but, um, but you know, he's a good player. What did you think about him getting all upset about, um, the in-season tournament scoring stuff? I mean, that that's part of the game. That's how they play in Europe. Like I remember like when I was playing overseas that like, I remember a team was pressing and they were like down 20 or something. And right. it was like, it was like one minute left. I'm like, what are they doing? They're like point differential matters here. I'm like, Oh, okay. I mean, he's just not used to it. It's not, right. it's not what he's accustomed to. In, in I case mean, you're wondering uh, really quickly, the in-season tournament has a point differential um, component to your, your, the rankings and standings. So you'll see teams that are up by 15 or 18 in the last minute, and they're still trying to score so they can get a bigger point differential. And then they might not, they won't get lit left over by somebody else. Uh, and then, you know, that happened against the, uh, the Bulls and, um, you know, they tried to explain it to him, but I don't think he was having it. He got thrown out, uh, you know, from, from arguing. And, I, and by the way, there's a quicker trigger on that for the, the, the refs when, there's a, when the game's over like that. They're like, just get him out of here. We don't want to deal with him. Um, so uh, I, I think, you know, Dave Dufour had a good quote about it earlier uh, today that I saw on Twitter. Um, and he said, uh, why not just play until the buzzer sounds like you're supposed to and not just, you know, disrespect, disrespect the game by not finishing it. Uh, that's a good take. It's interesting. What's up with Dave? I haven't heard from Dave in a while. Is he good? Yeah. He was over here not too long ago. I think he's, oh, he's, he's his usual, his usual self. Oh yeah. He's a good guy. Good guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe we'll get him on the show one of these days. Oh yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. We'll see. He's always, you know, he does like 10 different pods. So I don't know if he'll have time for us. Yeah, he's yeah, he's really good podcaster. Like, could we know, I owe him. Like, I didn't have really a podcast until he forced me to do it with him. <laughs> Did you know oh, that? Oh, da da da. I mean, yeah. like, I, I was like, all right, who wants to do a podcast? Yada yada, whatever. And he's like, no, we got to do, we got to do one. I'm like, oh, oh okay. And so that's why you have the feed. So that's why you have the feed now. That's why I have the feed. That's why you have like that's how you could get on Apple so easily. It all started with him. You're saying. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. if you want to say me on Apple easily, I, I don't know, but but either way, uh, yeah. it all started pretty much with him. And so uh, I, I you know, tip, tip of the cap to Dave, my my uh, my brother from another mother. Um, but yeah, he I, I like his point, and that I think that stands. Uh, you should you should just play until the buzzer ends, and uh, you know, listen. I get about like not showing somebody up, and like you know. It, it, it's funny because sometimes they don't quite play defense the last possession. And we, we every once in a while, we see somebody go in like dunk it, right? And that almost causes a fight. 
But it's like you got to play defense a little bit at least, you know, all the way to the end. So I, I, I prefer that. I think the Bulls are just frustrated at this point. Oh, yeah. I think the whole thing is going to get torn down, and they probably should have done it two years ago. <laughs> I mean, once, if you want to look in hindsight, I mean, once Lonzo got hurt, it was yeah, over. That was it. They had, yeah. they had something for a brief moment. They really did. It was really exciting. Yeah. And they don't anymore. Right. Yep. That Lonzo injury killed him. He was the connective piece, man. He made everything go there. Yep. So, you know, you can't fault them for what they, what they did. There was something there for sure. And, um, and it's, it's just too bad. Uh, coach, did you figure out the thumbs up thing? Oh, no. In fact, I was recording my pod, my political podcast earlier today, and it did it a few times. Do we ever, you know, you know, my Jared, my podcast partner on that end on the political side says it's if you do, if you make the thumbs up, it'll come up, but I don't see it. And I, and I, in fact, I emailed StreamYard to find out what that was about. I don't know if they got back to me yet, but I'm dying to find out. Let me see if they responded because no one knows. Right. But did we, did I get a thumbs up already in this show? I wasn't even paying attention. Maybe I did. Um, strangest thing. Or someone in StreamYard is listening to this conversation and likes what I have to say. Over, an, over a variety of things. Politics, basketball, I don't know. We, we say a lot of good things, so. Yeah. By the way, if you want to listen to a really good you know, politics podcast, you should tune into the Muckrake podcast. It's, uh, it's my podcast over there, and uh, it's really good. What else can we talk about? <laughs> Maybe we go short show today. I mean, I thought it was really good. Yeah. I mean, listen, the games are going on. Let's just do a quick recap of the games and what we're missing here. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I got one of those ADT calls. My dad's house uh, window was sensor went off. That's oh, exciting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, in another the whole other city, a whole other state. What are you supposed to do about that? But the Lakers got absolutely annihilated, one thirty eight ninety four uh, by the Sixers at, at, in Philly, which is interesting. Uh, let's see. We have the Trailblazers are up by four on the Pacers, who've only scored one hundred and three points with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So that's interesting. Eventually, they're going to run out of some bullets, I guess, right? Yep. But Halley has 31 and 7 right now. Um, made three for six threes. MVP. By the way, the Halliburton yeah. three-point form, you know, speaking of Ingles and all those guys, I wasn't sold, but I got to tell you, the dude's nailed 40% every year he's played. And um, that is elite. And he's I think he pin- a little faster, actually. I think he pinned the tweet, like, talking about, like, oh, they said my jump shot wouldn't work. Yeah, he's talking know. to me, I'm sure. But hey, I, I little did I oh, know. What, oh, was, was he was, was he talking to you? Was he? I probably I might have said a couple of things about him, like yeah, but but I also I think I would have also said, you know, but but there are guys that can overcome these things, right, or, or figure this out and make it work. Well, he didn't really change his form; it's just working. <laughs> I saw dribble though that would seem a lot a little bit more uh, quicker and better. So, he, so here's the thing, Coach Nick. I've been saying this since draft time. Off the dribble, it's a little smoother than catch and shoot for him. Yeah. Oh, it's always oh. been that, it's always been that way. Like okay. that. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that yeah. what I'm, what I was responding to for sure. Yeah. Um so yeah, what are they people are talking some trash about Kentucky? They Kentucky's actually good this year because like they have been kind of bad. And you know, for all the uh the whatever you know, I'm not a the hugest fan of Cal Perry, but um, you know. Uh, I guess it's good to see them figuring some things out. Or he get he gets good players to go to Kentucky. I'll tell you that. Well, I know, but now the le- the playing field is level, so it's like now what? Why don't we have everybody can pay everybody? He got a great meme. You know? That's the meme, like that face. Yeah, he's I don't like, know what the meme is. Like... That's Cal Perry. Yeah. All right, I'll have to look it up. <laughs> um, but 
let's see. Any other games we got to talk about here? The Wizards are blowing out the Pistons. The Pistons, man. This will be a this will be a good. Oh, the Pistons. Yeah, the Pistons are, are struggling. Um, yeah. Star Tops is a real bright spot, though. He's different. Right. And you know, we we still like Cade, but you know, I I don't know what's happening there. Either they're not really incentivized to win, I suppose. They want to get one more pick. I don't know, but uh, the Pelicans are intriguing to me. They're a little bit above five hundred with having Zion playing. Uh, Ingram is out, I think. Right? Am I crazy? I haven't gotten a chance to watch him for a little bit. No, nah, Ingram's been for a few minutes. I don't know if he's out tonight, but I've seen him playing. Yeah, he's been playing. Um, he has. Let me look real quick. But um, but you know that's an interesting team there. But yeah, he played on the twenty fifth, so he's been playing. Yeah. So you know it's it's not it's up and down for them. I, I got to take a deep, deep dive there to figure that out too, because I always thought if they had gotten those two guys together healthy, the sky's the limit. But I don't know. Um, and then who else? We have, oh, we have the Clippers and Nuggets. That should be the, the big marquee game tonight at 730. Uh, who do you have in that game? The Nuggets. Okay, even though they're in L.A.? And no Jamal Murray? Yeah, even though. Okay, well, we'll, we'll have to find out because the Clippers were are better. You know why? I feel like Jokic at the end of the game, I think everybody always like looks at the championship, the outlandish stats he gets, right? Like all the advanced metrics. But at the end of the day, like when the game is close, yeah, nobody could take over like him, and he could do it in different ways. And he kind of like doesn't show you all his cards throughout the course of a game, and then just at the end, it's right. Well, it. we saw that. I think I want to say it was like the Warriors game where there simply was was no answer, and yeah. if they needed him to go down low in the block and score down there. That he would just do that every time. And if they needed him to, you know, they doubled and whatever, they can just hit the cutter. It's like there really isn't the only thing that's going to stop him is himself. And he's, that's he's, he's a huge conundrum. I mean, is it? I don't think it's a conundrum. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows what he is and what he, what he can do. What I'm saying is you can't really double because how good of a passer is. He's a three-level scorer. He can play with the ball. He can play without the ball. He could play as the screener. He could play as the guy with the ball, somebody screening him. Like, yeah, like he's just everywhere it's yeah it's well, please go watch the video from yesterday on, on get action because we even showed a clip of um Jokic running it like he passed the ball followed it back they handed it off and he just shot a wide open three because no one wanted to come out he's not traditionally he's a big guy who who, who runs what big guys run get action like that so uh that's the beauty of what denver does too is everybody flips and plays different positions and uh it, the, yeah you're right the conundrum is certainly like how to defend it you know there's there's no real answer to that um and that's a real problem so um i don't know i'm looking forward to that i'm definitely gonna keep my eye on the the nuggets uh, clippers tonight maybe tweet some some tweets out some juicy tweets spicy tweets perhaps Sounds good what are you up to tomorrow tomorrow it's tuesday i don't know another day more more clips more footage try and get some more footage back from my uh uh chase defense teams you're like uh you're like jj reddick in that commercial where he's like just drinking pounds of coffee with all kinds of mathematical things on the chalkboard, you know, and all the analytics and all the plays. Of the, that, that's your life, Coach Nick. It's exactly me, although I don't drink coffee. Oh, okay. Well, I do. You know what? I, I probably need some. I am. I don't know about you, but I am exhausted coming off of that, that this past weekend. Exhausted. So I um I had a great Thanksgiving, and I heard you did as well. And then I fasted the next day, which I think helps a lot. Ooh, yeah. I just ate more turkey, and that also probably helped me get exhausted. But. Well, then the day after, I ate some more turkey. After the there you go. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, listen, um, glad to hear they had a great one, that you're, everyone's healthy and happy, and uh, you're there. Um, and glad to hear everybody else was here with us uh, on the show. It's a great show. We'll be back again. We'll be back again next week, probably at our normal time, I imagine, right? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Sounds good. Uh, and don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Kyle?